Pumpkins here, and welcome to episode seven of Buy Pumpkin. Um, yeah, so uh, let's take care of some show business right up, right up front. Um, I got an email saying that I was number 57 in hobbies. This, excuse me, this podcast was number 57 in under hobbies. I don't know if that's true because I don't really look at stuff like that. But if it's true, nice. If it's not true, great. I've gotten big enough that I'm getting like tailored spam like that. Um, so yeah, that's really nice. I feel like people are listening. People are giving me reviews. By the way, have you given me a review? Have you reviewed this podcast? I need you to review the podcast. Not for myself because I'm not going to read them. But for other people that are looking for a podcast that talks about Flavor Flav. I'm just thinking of what kind of person would be searching Flavor Flav in podcasts, but I'm joking. But still, leave a review so other people know how awesome the podcast is. Um, what else? What else? What other a bit of showbiz news do I have for you? Oh, I am going. I'm not. You're not going to have a new show of the week of Christmas, so. Um, I start the week on Monday. So, so while you are going to have a new show on this show, you're, you're listening to, um, gets released on the 15th. You'll have a show on the 22nd. You will not have a show on the 29th and you'll have a show on the 5th. So just so you know, plan your laundry, plan, uh, you know how you were planning on cleaning out the refrigerator and you were like, Oh, I'm, I'm glad to have a podcast to listen to. Don't let that shit be on the 29th. Cause you won't have a new podcast to listen to. At least not this podcast. Uh, let's see. What else? Anything else? Oh, um, it was great to have a, a visitor last week, Liz. But you guys know that, well, hmm, I say you guys know as if you already know. Maybe some of you don't know. Part of the reason why I don't have um, guests a lot is because I then have to time out like when to get them on. I have to schedule with them. And it's so much easier for me to record by myself, like in the middle of the night after I put the kids to sleep or in the middle of the day when I'm alone. It's so much easier to just be like, oh, I got a couple of hours. I'm going to fucking record this podcast. But I hope to have another visitor next week. I asked Kara. She hasn't answered me yet. This is me pressuring Kara to say yes. (laughs) So if you um, know Kara then of everyone's business about mine and formerly of realizing stuff and of Caribbean tweets and Caribbean grams, please nudge her and tell her to be on the show next week, please. And thank you. I think that's it. I think that's all I got in, in terms of like show new show business. Oh uh, yeah. In terms of me, I'm doing pretty good. I just got back from Ikea. Um, I've never been to, I, I think I've been to Ikea once, like, I feel like I was drunk. I don't, <laughs> it was in the middle of the day. I don't know. I don't remember much of it, but I, I've never been to Ikea by myself at all. I'm just going to say I've never been there. And I had lunch with a friend. I then went to Ikea and wandered around by myself. It was stressful because I felt like we were on a, um, a sort of racetrack because, you know, you have to kind of go around like, 
they've got a they've got a, like a track through the store. It's not like Target where there's aisles and shit. There's a track through her. And I felt like really nervous because I um hold on a second. Kara is texting me back. Thank you for the people who did who've already reached out to Kara. <laughs> and she's asking, can we do another day? Yes, we can. Hold on one second. I love that you guys are getting to witness this right away. So yeah, just says that off. Hopefully she'll say yes. If not, please um troll her on the internet. Oh, so anyway, so Ikea's like built on this track, like of where you have to go. And I felt like if I wasn't moving, that I was in people's way, I didn't feel good about it. I was like, oh no, I'm, there's like stuff happening. And then I backed up into this beautiful, yes, so she's definitely going to uh, record with me. Yay. So then I backed up into this um, beautiful South Asian woman, her beautiful South Asian baby, and almost ran them over. I felt terrible. I didn't understand how the carts go. Either way, whatever, whatever. I went there for a specific purpose. My, um, I need to reorganize some shit in my kid's room. And I, and I got a shelf and some other shit. And so I'm great. I went there. I'm eating Chipotle. I watched the episode. And now let's do a podcast. Um, so this week's episode is... Flavor of Love, Season 1, Episode 7, Flav's Trippin'. And it's called that because they're going off on a bunch of trips. Again, this is this becomes the norm. They take It is when they get to about four girls, when they go off on, on a, a trip with two and two and spend some more intense alone time with each other. And this is also about the episode where people start really amping up their sexual advances towards um, towards whoever the the center of the show is someone DM'd me and I can't remember who, because I just glanced through them, but they had screenshotted a tweet that said that the craziest thing about flavor of love was that the prize was flavor flavor. And like, yeah, yeah, that is the craziest thing about the fucking episode. I mean, about the fucking show is that you had to go through all this to win flavor flavor. As if Flavor Flav isn't gettable. <sighs> okay. All right. All right. So there are four girls left. New York gives us a, starts off the show by giving us her assessment of everyone. She says that Pumpkin needs a facelift. Hoops is an undercover lesbian. So in 2006, that's what she said about somebody who who is athletic because she knows how to play basketball. She must be a lesbian. And Goldie is a plus size loud woman. And when she said that, I was like, is she talking about me? Because same, bitch, I am a plus-size loud woman. I should get that on a t-shirt. I get, I should get that on my tombstone. That should be my Twitter bio. Tells you everything you need to fucking know about me. Um, uh, Flame's doing like a voiceover about something, but I couldn't really focus because he was picking up these walking sticks from like what looked like a walking stick incubator. It was just a bunch of like canes and walking sticks in this container that had a top. It was weird. And I was like, obviously that's not his. 
obviously they sent out for like walking sticks and that's what they came in and he gets to choose from that. But I'm also like, do I see, is, is he using a walking stick all the time? Is that, am I missing that? He does dress like a stereotypical pimp. Like he's going to the player's ball or some shit. But I don't recall him, you know what, maybe I'm just missing it. I was just like very confused by it. Um, and once I like dip back in, I realized that Hoops and Pumpkin are going to Palm Springs with Flay for an overnight trip. Golden New York are going to San Diego. It, they make it seem like the next day, but how far the fuck is Palm Springs from wherever the fuck they're filming? How far is San Diego? It feels like it wouldn't have been the, se- the next day. It feels like those are drives. N- now, when they read this, New York it's pumpkin reading the card saying like what's gonna happen um so new york is so upset about it she's crying she's saying flav is crazy and one of those like whisper voices people do when they're real crazy like how can you do this to me like that um she's calling them sluts and this is what i'm talking about so there are plenty of times when i'm like this could totally, like, New York has always said that she really was fighting for Flavor Flav and she, and the things that she would give him with were authentic. And there's plenty of times I'm like, yeah, that's authentic. That seems authentic. Yeah, that, that seems like I can play. But when this shit, like, this happens, it's like, okay, but I know you're playing right now. I know you're, I know you're, like, doing a bit for us right now. There's no way th- that at this point, you're like this upset that something like this is happening. I just, I don't know. I New York is a riddle wrapped in an enigma, enigma wrapped up in a weave. She is a lot of shit. And sometimes it's really hard for me to like see through all that shit and be like, what is really going on here? Um, Goldie like is disappointed because she doesn't want to go anywhere with New York. She doesn't want to be separated from hoops and pumpkin, which reiterating the fact that Liz said last week she is the only person to ever go on a reality TV competition to make friends. Like, she is only concerned with hanging out with her friends. Um, yeah, so Hoops and Pumpkin go off. They arrive at the at the spa hotel or wherever they are, and Flav is wearing a pink leopard suit. Are they pajamas? I don't know. And a pink faux fur Pumpkin thinks he's happy to see Hoops more than her. Like, more happy to see. And it does seem that way. It could be edited that way. It could be like they took, once they had her saying that in a confessional, they they edited it that way. So, to like, you know, to be like, yeah, he was. But I feel like we're going to, this is going to cross into like some discussion of race and whatnot, but that's not what I'm trying to do here. I just think that Hoops seems like more Flavor Flav's type. Not that he doesn't date white women or whatever, but and Hoops looks like his type. And I think he's more excited about spending time with Hoops than he is with Pumpkin. And so at least she's, you know, she's self-aware uh, they're in a nice suite. And I gotta say, if I were on vacation, I'd be happy to be there. It's it's cute. 
Um, it looks dated, but again, it's 2006, 2007. So yeah, it is dated as of now. Uh, they get a note saying they're going to do yoga with Flav. And Flav shows up in sweatpants, a wife beater, and a gold chain to do yoga. And I got to say, this is what my husband would show up to do yoga. And my husband is a very is a uh, very simple guy from the Bronx with very simple needs. Um, you know how they're always talking about New York guys and how they do this and they do that? My husband... Is one of those New York guys. Loves a set of Tim's. It's the middle of December and it's 76 degrees where we are. I don't know what the fuck he's going to do with a set of Tim's, but he loves Tim's. He's got three, four pairs. Just the type of dude he is. I'm actually, you know, I've been in Austin, I want to say six years starting in, like in April will be six years. And I have not gotten used to this weather yet. doesn't help that uh, the earth is warming and it's just getting hotter and hotter. I'm just not used to this weather. I miss temperate weather. I miss knowing the seasons change with the weather, not that it's hot and then a little bit less hot and then not so hot and then hot again. Like, I don't, I don't understand that shit. It doesn't comprehend to me. And... I moved to Austin on purpose and my life has gotten exponentially better since I got here. It was the right thing to do. It was like, I put a lot of thought into it. Um, do you guys remember Kelly Catrone, uh, from Kell on earth, which was a great show, a great show. She's actually, she's from, um, I think the first time I ever saw her was the fucking Hills when, when, uh, what's that chick's name? Lauren was um, interning for her. So I watched Kelly on Earth, loved it. Um, I read uh, Kelly Catron's book and that bitch has lived a life. But one of the things she mentioned in the book that I never forgot was that if you look around where you are and it doesn't fit where you, like what you want from yourself, then you just have to leave. And I've taken that to heart over the years. And I, when I was living in New York, I was like, yeah, I'm only going to be here for so long because I want these things. And I laid out like five or six things that I wanted for the rest of my life. And none of, and I couldn't get, I couldn't get those in New York. And I just had to be like, we have to move. And we chose Austin because my husband's daughter lives in San Antonio. Now, if you, I've told this story a lot of times, but, uh, Cliff Notes, when I, me and my husband were married for five years, he found out he had an eight-year-old daughter. And she lived in San Antonio, Texas. And we, at the time, lived in Chicago. And he went to visit her, and he was, and he was like, seeing her twice a year. But it wasn't enough and cost a lot to get there. And so when we talked to – I was very, very happy in Chicago. Very happy in Chicago. Um, my husband was very happy in New York. I lived in New York twice, actually. I lived in New York. So lived there with my husband. Hated it. I went – a friend was getting married in Chicago. I went to go visit her in Chicago. I was a freelancer at the time, still a freelancer, but what I'm trying to explain is that like I could work from wherever. Um, all I really had in this world that I needed was my husband, my dog, and my laptop. And I took my dog and my laptop with me. And I mean, so I got there. I really, I fell in love with Chicago. I really loved it there. Loved it. And um, I called my husband and was like, listen, I live in Chicago now. Like, I'm going to send for my things. This is where the fuck I live. 
And if you want to be married to me, you should live in Chicago too. And he was like, bitch, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Bring your ass back to New York. And I was like, no, I live in Chicago. And I lived in Chicago. And um, we fought about it for the better part of like six months or so. And finally my husband was like, fuck it. I live in Chicago too. I'm coming. So he comes to Chicago and we lived there. I loved it. I, I, it's up until Austin. It was the best place I ever lived. I just adored. I love snow. I love temperate weather. I love Chicago. And, um, my husband didn't like it so much and he just wasn't feeling it there. He never got his footing in Chicago. And one day he was like, I need to go see my mom. So he goes back to New York and he gets there and I knew it was going to be a fucking problem because he took his Xbox with him. My husband loves his fucking Xbox. So he took his Xbox, but he was going to be there for like two weeks. So part of me was like, okay, it makes sense. He took his Xbox. Another part of me was like, "Mm, he doesn't need that Xbox. And when he got there, he was like, hey, princess. I was like, hey, what's up? He's like, I found a job today. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, I now live in New York. And if you want to be married to me, you got to move back to New York. And I was livid because I was like, yo, I did this shit to you. I invented this. What the fuck do you mean you live in New York now? I was livid. And we fought about it for a year. We fought about it. We still saw each other regularly. We were married. We were in a relationship. Um, we visited each other a lot, but he lived in New York and I lived in Chicago and we were fighting about where we were going to live. And eventually, the fact is, my husband doesn't work remote jobs. So if he had a job, he'd been laid off in, in Chicago, by the way. And that was also not great for him because the guy likes to work. And so being laid off really fucked with him. And being unable to find another job really fucked with him. And finding a job the first day he was visiting in New York was another was like, oh, this is where I need to be. So eventually I just decided to move and I packed up our apartment that was perfect in Chicago. It was a very tiny apartment in the semi-ghetto. It reminded me a lot of Carrie Bradshaw's apartment in that it was perfectly sized for us or for me by myself. It was perfectly sized. It was like somebody drew that apartment up for me. And I went back to New York, even though I hated it. And so back to when we decided that we were going to move, like we never, I, I told him when I got there, I was not staying in New York forever. We ended up staying there three years, four years. And I saved enough money. I was ready. I was like, okay, so now let's make that move because I need to get some place where I can put down roots and figure out like the, what the rest of my life is going to be like. And he really wanted to be closer to his daughter. It was taking a lot of him to get down there and he felt like he only saw her twice a year it was a lot. And so we decided to move to Austin because I wanted to be, I like weirdos. I love being close to the arts and I just like Austin and I knew people here and it's only an hour and a half, hour and 15, two hours, depending on how, when you go from San Antonio. So you can still see his daughter regularly. That's how I ended up in Austin. Um, what the fuck? Oh, I was talking about weather. The prop, the, the Austin's perfect for me. The only difference is the weather. And people said, well, then you should have went to Portland. I don't think I could have done Portland. I just don't think I could have. So yeah, I'm happy that we landed here. I mean, we bought a house. I guess we're going to live here for, and it's going to be six years in April, but I just need, I miss winter. I miss 
I've always been a temperate weather girl. Um, one of the things that attracted me to all those seasons of the Gilmore Girls, the reason I stayed with it, is all their cute winter wear they used to wear, all the gloves and the hats and the whatnot. I love a trench coat. I love some gloves. I love boots. And I don't get to wear that in Austin. Um, people still wear boots in Austin. They're cowboy boots or they're winter boots that they bust out when it's 60 degrees. 60 degrees is not cold, guys. What the fuck you're talking about? Maybe when my husband dies, because he will die before I will, because he thinks cheese is a food group and he eats fried chicken in the middle of the night and doesn't look both ways when he crosses the street. So the odds are in my favor that I'm going to outlive him. When I and my kids are old enough to be on their own, I do think about like where I want to be. And I feel like a city like Montreal would be really great for me. I could... I get a chance to like speak French on a regular basis. I, I love the weather and it's, I think it's, I want to say it's 18 hours drive from my parents. So I could still see my parents pretty regularly. We'll see. Those are my plans for the future. <laughs> I am off track. Let me get back on track. One of the first thing I noticed when they're doing yoga is that Hoops has a banging body. Like, she has a really great body. Um, I don't know. Everyone's bad at yoga. <laughs> Everyone's bad at the yoga. They have to throw their legs in the air, and Flav is especially bad at it. He's, he's an old man that's been drinking and using drugs for years and years and years. Like, yeah, he's bad at yoga. <laughs> he's not flexible. Um... They mostly use it as an excuse for Flav to mimic fucking them, like grabbing them by the hips and like thrusting into them. <sighs> Guys, this episode's gross. Like, first of all, the whole season is gross. For a lot of reasons I've talked about them. If you listen to the other six episodes, I've talked about them. But this particular episode is gross because of all the physicality with Flav and it tell you what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the Austin Zoo. The, if you want to go to the zoo here in Austin, then you drive to San Antonio because San Antonio's got a great zoo. Um, but Austin has a zoo because, you know, Austin's known for these kinds of things. Austin, um, Austin Zoo is full of rescue animals. And it's really depressing because all the animals seem on the verge of dying. But the worst part about going to the Austin Zoo, and the reason I will not go back, is because they have this huge petting zoo. Pigs and chickens and goats and deer and just various other animals. And you pay for feed, and then you feed all the animals. And, but this is what you have to do, excuse me, this is what everyone does when they go there. So all the animals, this is how they eat. I'm sure they feed them as well, but this is also, they're, they're like trained to this. So when they see you coming with the feed, it's like big spender. You guys seen the Players Club where they put that uh, light in the stripper, in the back, in the stripper's locker room where it's like big spender, big spender. And then they all come running out there. That's how it is. And it's depressing to me because like the pig and the goats aren't so bad. But the deer are really hard for me because I'm like, deer don't run at you. 
You know what I mean? There's no there's no situation in life in which a deer would be like, oh, look at that human over there. Let me hurry up and run over there real quick and see what's going on with them. But it's they're doing it because they've been socialized and trained to do so from all the families coming through with their with their feed and everything. And it's hard for me because it's against the laws of nature. I'm just like, ooh, something is broken here for this deer to be chasing me for this food. Um, I know that like if you live in an area where there's lots of deer, sometimes the deer get really like used to being hand fed and they and they and they come to you. But again, that means that something's broken in the natural order of things because deer don't it's not how deer do unless they've been trained to do otherwise. And so to to take this back to Flavor Flav, watching these episodes in which these women are throwing themselves at Flavor Flav and rubbing all over them and he's like groping them and they're like naked and all these various things. And it's against the natural order of things. Like that's not how it's supposed to go. And you know that either they've been trained or coerced or there's some, there's some extenuating circumstances. This is the only food in town or I don't want to go any further with this. I'm just saying that like, that that's what this gives me a feeling. And so this this show is this particular episode is super super gross. Um, after they do the and it gets even grosser because after they do the yoga, they go to a pool and do a bunch of kissing while some older women look on disapprovingly and they're like doing triple kissing and stuff. And there's a lot of competition from both of them. Hoops is saying that Pumpkin is trying to always trying to one up her because here's the thing, Flav is more happy to see Hoops because. Standing by by them side side by side, Hoops looks better than than Pumpkin in a lot of ways. Hoops is a better choice in a lot of ways. Um, but Pumpkin has something over Hoops has something that Hoops doesn't have, and that is desperation, and that she is willing to like suck his dick on camera, like that's what she's willing to do. If that's what she needs to fucking do to like win this. And I don't think Hoops is there. Me and Liz talked about this last week. Hoops is in a lot of ways just like unwilling to play this game. And Pumpkin is like, oh, I know what this game is. I know what I have to do. So there is a lot of competition. Anytime Pumpkin turns her head, anytime Hoops turns her head, Pumpkin is like kissing him and whispering in his ears. And Pumpkin is like, that's not, that's not what I'm doing here. At one point, Flav stops and is like, you know, it's really hard to be in the middle when there's equal value and equal love here. And he's talking about the two girls and Hoop says something like, it's okay. We understand it's hard. Um, but you choose, we hope it's one of us, but you choose who you choose and we'll be cool with it. Pumpkin doesn't say that. And again, this is one of those things where Hoops is very much like, not as bad as Goldie, obviously, but very much just like here for a good time, but not a long time. It's shocking that she won. Um, usually they choose someone who is into the guy, but not too into the guy. Oh, and I know you're saying, well, then it makes sense that they choose hoops. 
hoops isn't into him enough. He, uh, they would have chosen someone like a like a smiley, and they would have let someone who's being a little desperate. New York and Pumpkin would have been weeded out. Not weeded. Out. You know what I'm saying? They they would have gone further at the end. You know, this really reminds me of Rock of Love. I want to say it's three. It's Rock of Love where he chose. I forget her fuck her name. It's probably like Jennifer or something. He cho- chose a girl who was cute and did have a lot in common with him, but she looked so old because she had her hair dyed like ash blonde with like black undertones, like like a it's not a highlight, a like a black low light to it, and it may look she had gray hair. I don't know her name might have been Amber, and she seemed so much older than all the girls because they had bright blonde hair and they were all like just off a pole <laughs> and they were all like we don't care here's our labia and <laughs> and she was like "Ooh, i don't know so and they chose her but because of all what they had she was the most middle of the road that's how that's how this goes they never like the new york never gets chosen the um fuck what was her name I cannot, I'm going to have to remember, I'm going to have to look this up because Rock of Love season one, she didn't win. She came back season two. Um, oh my God. I'm just looking, I'm just realizing how he was like, how every rose has a thorn was in every single fucking episode. Every rose has a thorn. Just like, okay, let me stop that. Heather. Heather, the one that wants her really bad and is willing to do anything to get, that's they're not gonna win. They can't win because, and even if that's the truth of who they are, they have to edit them like they're middle of the road because they never let someone be edited as the crazy one that will do anything and they and they still win. It doesn't work for the storyline. It doesn't work for the vehicle we're using. That's not the crazy one can't win. Where am I? I'm like off on I'm off on a tangent again. Oh, yeah. So, so next they do some body paint with mud. And again, during this time, Pumpkin is during in her confessional doing a voiceover where she's talking about strategy. Her strategy is she's going like this is the time to make it clear to Flav that you are willing to fuck and you're there and you're and being putting all your sexual activity out there and. So they're putting mud all over themselves and pumpkin takes off her top. They blur it out, obviously. Um, then she takes off hoops top and she says she takes off hoops top because she wants to see hoop freak out because hoops wasn't going to take off her top. And she says that hoops leaves her tops off because she knows she had to, because if she put it back on and pumpkin doesn't have her top off, then we're not on equal level again. And there's a lot that bothers me about that. I mean, I'm not saying that Pumpkin took off Hoops' top and, like, assaulted Hoops. Hoops seemed to, even though it wasn't her idea, she seemed to want to go with it. She seemed to be, she didn't seem offended, and she seemed like, this is, yeah, I'm definitely into being topless, too. I don't feel like there was, like, some sort of assault or something going on. But it still doesn't sit right with me because Pumpkin took it off because she thought Hoops would freak out. She wanted to see her freak out. The intent was weird to me. Um, and then if you're, she's right. If you're in hoops position, you have to leave your top off because you can't be like, oh no, and put it back on 
or else the game is over now. And even though Hoops is not really into playing the game in a lot of ways, she's, she's, she's still got a toe in there. So then it's time for them to shower off. And again, Pumpkin is like, you know, Pumpkin's kissing him and rubbing her body all over him and rubbing um, Hoops' body. And it's really gross. Flav <sighs> is making a lot of like, a lot of like gross faces saying he's the luckiest man in the world. And I bet he does feel like the luckiest man in the world. I mean, this is not Flavor Flav's life. I'm not saying he didn't, a lot of, he didn't get a lot of groupies on the road. I'm not saying he doesn't know quite a bit of celebrities from being in Public Enemy. I'm not saying that he hasn't had his Bobby Brown experiences. When I talk about Bobby Brown experiences, I'm I'm talking about Bobby Brown used to go on the road, do all this coke sleep with everybody, sleep with five or six girls at the same time. They couldn't find him for the fucking show. They'd be on the radio looking for Bobby Brown. <sighs> He'd be buying cars and leaving them in the city and not even thinking about, like, like I'm not, I'm not saying Flav never got that and all the groupie love that goes with it. I'm saying that the Flav you're looking at now doesn't get that. The Flav you're looking at it now, looking at now has gray hair and corn rolls and lives on somebody's couch and so he is so when he keeps saying I'm the luckiest man in the world he he there's a reason he feels that way this is not his life and me watching it it looks like the deer running towards me trying to get this this you know uh, some of this dollar feed that I bought and I'm like this is not the natural order of things this is not how things go there something is fucked up here something the train got off the tracks you know who I'm I'm feeling sorry for in this scene, though, the most? It's not Hoops, because Hoops is still actively participating. She's just not participating as much as Pumpkin is. It's the nice white lady who keeps showing up going like, Can you guys towel off? I gotta keep you on schedule. There's some dry oil over there. We have some nice refreshments out here. Oh, you're still making out? Oh, that, that's who I feel sorry for, because she just works there. This... I'm imagining her being like, I need to take my fucking break. And they have to move on to this other area because that's what's set up for them. My boss is going to be pissed. Why do I have to keep going in there? This guy's got a hard dick and that white girl's about to blow him. Like, that's what I think she's imagining. Like, this, I couldn't have done it. This is why I was a bad bartender. This is why I wasn't a bartender for many more years. It's because I can't pretend like I'm having a good time. Like, I'm not. I'm I'm at work. You guys put your clothes on so we can so we can go on to the next thing. I can't deal with this. I know you're having the best time of your life throwing up on my fucking bar, but somebody has to clean it up and it's me and we're closing in 10 minutes and I called last call fucking 30 minutes ago and you're still trying to convince me to give you another drink and I'm obviously not going to because it's last call and the fucking register is already in the back. But two, I'm not going to give you another drink because you just threw up on a fucking bar. And you and your friends are giggling because you are just having the best time of your life. But I'm at work. <laughs> I just want to clean this shit up, go to Wawa, get my fucking sandwich and my quarter of sweet peach tea and a king size Kit Kat and go home and take off my shoes and sit with my dog and get on the DVR and watch Pushing Daisies. Another show gone too soon. The writer's strike killed that one. But I want to watch Pushing Daisies. That's what I want to fucking do. And you guys are like, why is this bitch not having a good time? Because I'm not drunk. That's why. 
Dr. Behanna Moy. This shit has to get cleaned up. Yeah. I I feel bad for that chick. This is what you get out of fucking hospitality. She's probably not even in hospitality. She's probably in some sort of, well, she is in hospitality, but she's probably in like, she's not like a waiter or a host or anything like that. She's probably like higher up on the food chain because they've got fucking cameras in there. So they had her go out there like, damn. Anyway, so they go to dinner and at dinner, Pumpkin's inner white lady comes out because she admits she has a hard time understanding Flav. And she says, not to be prejudiced, but the black lingo is just not something I understand. And I'm like, and she, she feels like Hoops has that one up on her because she understands what Flav is saying. Now, I was recently tweeting about that. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, it's okay then princess, the same on Instagram. I can be kind of boring. I'm going to keep it real. I'm mostly tweeting about what I'm doing, what I'm reading, what I'm listening to. Um, and the same on Instagram. My life is pretty boring. Um, I'm really struggling with the idea of like, so most of my day is, is being a mom and a foster mom and being a business owner. But those things are not exciting. And I feel like if I talk about what my life really is, I've now got this like Instagram mom thing going on, but that's not really my thing. And you might see my kids every now and then on there. You'll never see my foster kids like faces and stuff, but you might see my kids on there. But like my social media does not revolve around my children. I don't want it to either. But also if I'm talking about what I'm actually doing, then it's mostly stuff with my kids and my husband and what I'm eating and stuff like that. And I feel like that's pretty boring. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't have other stuff to talk about. And when I do, I do. But, but anyway, on Twitter, I was talking about, I retweeted this thread about slang that black people use. And I guess if you want to call it Ebonics, I guess you can, but it's not that it's more like things that we say that other black people catch. You know, I have a friend who's lived in Austin our life. Austin is incredibly white, especially when you compare it to a Houston or a Dallas, which are huge black cities, but Austin's pretty white. And I have a friend who's lived here all her life. And I feel like I'm the first black woman she's spent a good amount of time with. She knows black people. They're either biracial or they're black dudes that only date white girls. So that's the vibe you're getting from them. And, but I'm the only black woman that grew up in black culture, considers herself still a part of black culture that has black parents a black husband and like I'm a black person and sometimes when I say stuff she's like oh my god you're so funny and I'll be like I didn't make a woo child that's just what you say and she'll be like I might say dynamite and she'll be like oh my god you are so funny where'd you come up with that and I'm like no bitch that's like a thing <laughs> I don't know why you don't know who JJ is but because you don't know any black people you think that I'm like creating these things this is this is like culture though but like it's just like little turns of phrases that um black people use together um that are culturally speaking it's what you want to you know it's it it brings us together um In terms of like, like, so 
whenever you want to name like, so let's say you want to name a group of people, you'll name one person and then say, and them. And so where are you going? Oh, I'm going with JJ and them's house. Things like that. Um, what's another thing that black people, that black people always, <sighs> beautiful. If somebody like, like the, if you're not going to do something, the first thing you say is I'm not boo-boo-the-fool. <laughs> and nobody knows who the fuck boo-boo-the-fool is. <laughs> but the, what I'm saying though, is that co and some of these things, um, intersect with Southern culture because black people, black, like when people talk about black Thanksgiving, being Southern and poor is also intersected with that. And it's not because all black people are Southern because we're not, but a lot of black culture is steeped in Southern culture and they, they cross and cross pollinate. So, um, I don't know if you guys watched that show, um, Insecure, but at one point a character, a black character who is in California does not have a Southern accent, walked in somewhere and said, hey, y'all. And a white friend of mine had posted, like, why would he say, hey, y'all? Doesn't make any sense. Because black people say y'all, even if they're from New York, because, because they got it from other black people that grew up in the South that, said, that say y'all and disseminated across black culture, even culture that's not in the South. So... That's why those two things intersect. But yeah, I get what Pumpkin is saying. And me and Liz talked about this. The fact is, we don't think Pumpkin had any idea who fucking Flavor Flav was. Whereas New York could at least be like, Public Enemy? Hoops could have probably, I don't know if Hoops knew Public Enemy, but I could see her having some idea, like some awareness of who he is. If not like directly knowing what he's famous for. I get what she's saying. Like, although we don't speak another language, Culturally, black people have many similarities, and sometimes it feels like you're speaking another language. I use some of these phrases on purpose because they're delicious in my mouth, and I like them, not because I don't know any better. And we enjoy connecting to each other that, that way. Um, so I get why Pumpkin would be like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. On the other hand, what Flav is actually saying in this scene, a lot of it makes no fucking sense to me. None. A lot of it I'm like, what? Why would, why? Uh, why, why is that even? <sighs> like, I know. I know that you will lie, which is something like a black turner phrase, stop playing on my phone, calling someone scary instead of scared. Like instead of saying someone's like a scaredy cat or, or, or this person's scared all the time, you go, oh, you scary. Like I know the type of stuff wouldn't, wouldn't like play to pumpkin because that's just not her culturally. That's not something she's used to, but some of the stuff that's playing, like he's talking about doing the bump and he's talking about, did he say something about being in velvet? I don't fucking, like, I wouldn't have understood either. He seemed a little high to me. He seemed drunk. 
he seemed like a drunk old man going off on a tangent, which is probably how you guys fucking describe me. But I'm just saying, like, like, I was like, I wouldn't understand this either. And I also feel like, and I also feel like he, I also feel like he was like, I don't know. I feel like Hoops wasn't necessarily on the same wavelength as he was. He would say, I, and she'd go, I, like she just like, and sometimes she'd repeat things to him that he'd said to her. So it wasn't like, I don't know. It wasn't like her black friend had took her to the cookout and she just didn't understand what was going on. Part of that is because Flame is incoherent. It's not a race thing. It's 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 a he being incoherent thing. I don't know. Okay, so but here's the deal. All that said. All that said. At the end of this dinner, Flav takes punk, Pumpkin back to his, his room. She slipped him a note and she was asking if she's still in the running because she feels like she's not. And Hoops gets up to leave when he says he's going to take Pumpkin. And he tells her not leave. He wasn't excusing her. He was excusing them. Which I think is, I don't know whether he thought he was being doing a nice thing. But I think it was more humiliating to have him stand up with Pumpkin and walk away and leave her at the table. She feels like an idiot. Who assumes rightfully? I mean, I think this is a, is a fair assessment that Pumpkin's willing to do whatever, whatever she's got to do, and that they're going to be fucking. And she even says in her confessional, listen, if to win, I have to have sex with him, then I'm losing. And I get that. I feel like there's a, a bit of a wall up between um, hoops and Flav in that physical way. Like, she's willing to kiss them. She's willing to, you know, run around and put mud on herself and do all that. I don't know that she's like, if someone said, okay, well, now you have to go in there and sleep with him, would she have been like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do that. I don't I don't know that's what she'd do. So the next scene is New York and Goldie going on their trip. Again, it makes it seem like it's the next day. I don't think it was the next day. Uh, one of the reasons I don't think this is like a 10-day shoot is because crew have to get, have to get breaks. And I know that there's a difference between union and non-union. That all makes sense. But I'm just saying, I don't think you can have crew shooting 18 hours, like on set 18 hours a day for 10 straight days. I don't think you can do that. I think you have to take some breaks. And I believe there was probably a break in shooting. And then they came back and did Goldie New York. So they're going to San Diego. Now, they're going to the zoo and getting one of those private tours, which to me is more fun than the thing that they did, the spa thing they did. But in these shows, when they do these trips, one trip is always so much more sexual than the other one. One trip is like dick sucking lessons. And the other one is let's figure out how to do our taxes. That's, that's the level of these trips. And Goldie in New York got a less sexual trip. Now, keep in mind, Flame doesn't pick who goes on the trips. 
This is a production thing. He may be the one saying it. He may get the he may get the cue to say the the lines, but production chooses this. And in fact, I'm pretty sure production chooses who he stays the night with. I'm gonna talk more about that when we get to Goldie and Flav, but I think production told him to stay with Pumpkin that night. I feel like they would, they got better footage from that than they would have with Hoops. I think that they realized that. And they know that from the millions of interviews they've done. They do confessionals with them, what, every night, every other night? They do psychologicals on her. She's had an interview when she did the trial. Like, they they know Hoops a hell of a lot better than, than Flav does. And I believe that if I were in production and I was like, what am, what's going to give me the best footage? What's going to get, what's going to play the best? Well, you, need, you take Pumpkin back there, not Hoops. Because if it's Hoops, it's you and Hoops sitting next to each other on the bed looking at each other. And it's not, I, I understand they didn't do overnight shit. I understand that. But I'm, but you understand what I'm trying to say here? So, and, and it comes to the trip. I don't know what that trip will look like with Goldie. I just don't. And I think that, that you know, Hoops and Pumpkin have been very close. Um, they've been up to his room. They've been, like, sexual with him. And I think that that one production was like, who should we put on the... The sexy trip, okay, Hoops and Pumpkin. And also, who do we want to see naked more? Do you want to see Goldie and New York naked more? Or do you want to see Hoops and Pumpkin? So yeah, and that's how Goldie and New York end up on a trip to the fucking zoo. So when they greet um, Flav, he calls, you know, New York's there doing her thing. This is my man. I'm We're in love. Flav calls Miss Goldie Miss Conservative, and Goldie responds by kissing him. So, like, we all know what time it is here. Like, even Goldie, who came to the show to make friends, knows that this is, you gotta do this now. So, yeah, they go to the zoo, they do the zoo thing, and then back at the hotel at night, it's, it's, the hotel is cute, but the other hotel was better. Um, and New York is saying that this is just, like, true, this is true romance, this is so romantic, but how can it be when you're actually standing next to this other girl? Like, if you want to think about it, and more, you're on this trip with Goldie more than you are with Flav. Because the fact is, you can't, you f- flew in, she didn't fly in, but you bust in with Goldie. You're sharing a room with Goldie. Sure, you're going to the zoo with Flav, but Goldie's there. Sure, you're going to dinner with Flav, but Goldie's there. You're spending more time with Goldie than you are with Flav. Think of all the downtime between shooting and shit. You're spending that time with Goldie. So how is this the most romantic thing ever? I think that Pumpkin and Hoops had a better understanding of that. They were going off together and not like a one on not a one on one. And I don't think New York quite understood that. New York tells Goldie that if she loses this, she doesn't wanna she doesn't wanna date again. Okay. I mean that's not what the producers of I Love New York said, but okay. Okay. The thing that struck me the most about this is New York is dead set on talking about Goldie like she's like she just got off of my 600 pound life. Goldie's not fat. Goldie's really cute. And I wouldn't be surprised if she wears anywhere from a 10 to a 14. I wouldn't be surprised at any of that. I really wouldn't be surprised if she wears a size 10. Um, 
me and Liz talked about this last week about how Goldie is the much like me. We're the type of person that we're black and we have a certain set to us that you have no idea how old we are. And Goldie could easily be 26 years old. She could also be 36. I have no idea how old Goldie is. Um, but looking at her, New York is intent on casting her as, I don't know, as like the Mama June or something. She, 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 that is not what Goldie looks like. Goldie's really cute. I'm unsure of why New York is like, she keeps calling her fat, a fat slut. Um, plus size, she's giving her digs about the dress she should wear and all these other things. And so as soon as they go down to dinner, Goldie just goes up the flame and licks his fucking tonsils. And part of me is like, yeah, fucking show her, Goldie, show her. But the other part of me is like, no, Goldie, don't do that. Now you have herpes too. <laughs> so that night as they're doing the dinner, um, Flavor just bust, Flavor just bust out. It's like, I'm looking for somebody who's going to feed me and go to like she's going to feed me. And then he, she's like, I'm going to feed you. Mm-hmm. And he found that very sexy and like really got to him. And New York on the other, on the other side is like, you want some of these shrimp? I'll feed you too. And, and he's ignoring her. I think that's a lot of editing that he's, that he's stone cold fucking ignoring her and just talking to Goldie. I don't think that's what's happening. Um, and at the end of that, he decides to take Goldie back to the, the hotel with him. And New York is devastated. Again, I think that production chose Goldie. And I think they chose Goldie because they, because they were like, what's the best thing I can film? New York going off. That's the best thing I can film here. Back, like, Hoops isn't going to go off if you choose Pumpkin. But at least I'll have something to film with Pumpkin in New York. And, I mean, with Pumpkin and Flav. But if Hoops goes back, I have nothing to film. And Pumpkin's just, like, what? Going to lay in the bed and watch TV? And maybe try to recreate those fucking corn rolls from last week? That, no. I think production, and I don't think, and I don't think you have to argue with Flav about it either. I think... There was never a question about who they were going to choose. No more than there was a question about who was going to choose to go on, to go on which date. I don't think. I think they really were like, okay, so at the end of this, you got you should ask. Make sure you ask Goldie to go back to your room. And so he does. I think that's. I think that's how it went down. There's no. There's no pushback or anything. Um. So. New York is in shambles. She's crying. She's calling Goldie a flat, a fat slut. She's unraveling. The editors are interspersing this with Goldie and Flav rhyming together and doing all sorts of flirtation shit. And so they all go back to... So that's the end of that date. The next scene, they're all back at the house again. And Goldie's super happy to see Hoops and Pumpkin. And Pumpkin called and she was like, yeah, when she come, when when New York comes in, she's not going to say hello. She's going to go straight to her room. We're not. She's not going to talk to any of us until elimination. She's going to get some food and go back to her room. Goldie's going to come in here and tell us everything. And that's exactly what happened. They're all rolling around the ground together. Um, and so happy and things are going great. Meanwhile, New York's sitting on the bed with her hands folded. And what has become a very well-used meme of like... The meme is for use when basically stuff is going on around you and you just have to sit there mad. Um, one of my favorite uses of it is when it was talking about like when he brings you home 
and you hear his mother yell, don't bring that girl up in here or something like that, because that's actually happening. So, um, it's elimination time now. Pumpkin and hoops are in matching outfits. Normally that, um, normally it's a sign of doom, but you know, works here. And the girls are all hugging, except for New York, who's off to the side. And it's here that I realized slash remembered that New York has my name tattooed on her titty. It says princess there. And when I remembered, I wasn't shocked because this is around the time, it's like right after when everybody was wearing those sweatsuits with like princess and cutie on the butt and shit like that. And it was really hard for me because I never hear my name unless someone is talking about me. Even my middle name. So that's even a bigger dog whistle for me because it means a family member is speaking to me. Nobody who's not a family member calls me by my middle name. Um, and my family does not call me princess ever unless they're making fun of me. It's only to make fun of me. If they're calling me princess, they're trolling me. So um, the other day I heard someone with call out my middle name in like a grocery store and I was like <gasps> like I literally stopped what I was doing and was like freaking out and I was saying like if my name was Jennifer I would never I guess you'd have to get used to someone saying your name and it not being about you but I I don't I've never gotten used to it and so during that time when people were walking around where princess was on everything especially people's butts it was really hard because I'd be like I don't know it I get easily distracted because I'd be like, am I talking to me? No, they're not talking to me. Is that my car? Just because it says Princess on the side of it? No, that's not my car. Um, but yeah, New York has my name tattooed on her titties. Okay. That's fine. That's, uh, that's not gross. Mm. So Flav comes out and asks everyone how they're doing. And Pumpkin basically says, we're doing great. These, we're all fine, but, she, but New York's a bitch. And she's mean. She doesn't talk to us. And New York's basically like, I got my eyes on the prize. I don't want to fucking talk to you bitches. And her voiceover, she says that Pumpkin is easy to crunch and she can tell she's crunching her. I don't know what that means. She must have said more. She must have said Pumpkin's a, a roach. She's easy to crunch. She must have said more. All right. So the clocks come out. Pumpkin gets the first clock because she fucked him. If she didn't fuck him, she blew him. If she didn't blow him, she gave him a handjob. There was some sort of sexual activity and I'm pretty sure Flav came. Um, next is hoops. Then it's New York. So what does that mean? Goldie's going home. It was a good run for Goldie. Again, Goldie would, you know, they redid this, this concept maybe two, three years ago and it was with the game and they realized why you can't do these things. Um, after the early aughts, and it's because uh, people get sexually assaulted. The one of the one of the contestants sued the game for sexual assault after this. And in 2006, some of the stuff that happened that would have been considered would have been considered normal, and today they would have been considered sexual assault. So, but even if they did this today. Goldie would not be on the show. People who look like Goldie would be on the show because Goldie looks like an auntie in a lot of ways. And 
She just wouldn't be on the show. She just wouldn't. The the basically the girl said New Yorker is hiding in a better package, but New, the reason that Flav let Goldie go and kept New York is because he felt like Goldie had mixed feelings, and that when they went back to the hotel, what they didn't show us was Goldie, or maybe they did show us and I missed it. Goldie saying that really she just come there to make to get to know Flav and make friends, and Fl- which is nothing wrong with saying that. There's nothing wrong. Like, in the real world, that's what you'd say. You'd be like, I'm just trying to get to know you and be your friend. And if it pops off from there, it pops off from there. That's how relationships are built. But in this house, in this in this reality TV show concept, it has to be, ooh, I'm in love with that man. Ooh, I want to fuck that man. Ooh, he is irresistible. To me. Because there's only six, seven, eight episodes to do it in. We don't have time for this to be a real... We don't have time for this to be like real life. And so we're down to four. And if somebody's got to go, it's got to be the girl who, regardless of how much she kissed you that night, you don't think that sexually she'd be into you. That's the, that's how it goes. You know, so Goldie's real name is, is Courtney. And as she leaves, she says, I gave what I could give. And that's about it. And Flav says he'll miss her. And... When they ask her, like, you know, give her parting words, she says her heart goes out to New York because she knows those girls ain't going to be talking to her. <laughs> and that is true. Next week, um, there will be the the parents are coming. And we're going to get our first look at Teen Wolf's sister, Patterson. Um, we're also going to find out that Hoop's family life is not as easy as you expect it to be. And I think Pumpkin's got a little, got a couple of weirdness going on as well. So next week I hope to have a, um, a guest. Hopefully it's Kara. If you guys listen to this on Sunday when it goes up, make sure you harass Kara and tell her to be on the, the damn show. Um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at okay then Princess at Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow the show, you can follow the show at by Pumpkin podcast on um, Instagram and pumpkin again is spelled with one P make sure you guys leave us a review make sure that you come over to the Instagram and check out some of the screenshots I took of this episode and let me know what you think like wasn't this a natural place for Goldie to go like I felt she got far if you didn't think Goldie should have gone who would you have gone who would you have had go let me know I'll see you guys next week